This is Get Fit Radio, Marcus Smith from InnerFight.com, and we're coming to you, of course, from Engine Gym, the Engine headquarters Gym, of InnerFight. The headquarters of InnerFight. <laughs> this is where it all happens. If you want to see what we're up to, get down here, get involved. Our class timetable is over on the site, so you can see exactly what's going on there, www.innerfight.com slash classes, and you can make use of this Pretty cool facility. It is, it is fun. And I've got to say, when I was coming in today, lugging everything, I was getting some looks, but I was getting <laughs> yeah. the nod. I was getting well, the Well, we don't often get people coming in uh, with <laughs> Not in the, gym equipment. You know, with, with, what is it, the trolley dolly? The trolley dolly. The trolley dolly, the trolley dolly containing all of James's electrical goods. <laughs> every, every, every week he has a new electrical mm. good for us, so he's, uh, he's keeping the electrical stores in good business yeah, there, there but uh, yeah that's why you get the funny looks but this is a gym and this is where it all happens down at engine and the way it works with this show is if you've got questions you can get them to us all the regular ways as well as email them to us and there's yep. about a week delay and we'll get back to you nightline at dubai 1038.ae or winning at innerfight.com either way works we do answer all your questions and you'll hear them the following week and we appreciate it we've got yeah. some really good ones that have come in over the last week yeah and they will get answered so if you do have a question send them in and obviously you can email them or sms now right off the bat you were out participating in the memorial do we want to call it the memorial i have to be honest i wasn't participating but you were there i was there i was there it was a great day on saturday when we had the when they organized the roy nasa memorial triathlon which Mm. was the support for it's been phenomenal and we spoke about the the tragic loss of Roy recently in a roadside accident when he was out on his bike. Roy was one of the heads of the triathlon community in Dubai, has been here for an incredibly long time. I was actually, I was talking to his wife when we were down at the triathlon and sort of when we, when I was a lot younger and when I was probably uh, not so wise. And, you know, to see such a great turnout for the event, that happened on Saturday was absolutely phenomenal. It was sold out. It was an absolute wow. sellout. I think there was 350 people. That's a lot down of people. There. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people. And huge respect to the Try to Buy Triathlon Club for pulling it together, especially the head of it, Ian Lapelli, who just did. They did a great job. So it kicked off at seven o'clock in the morning. This is what we were speaking about before we came on. The amount of people of, with the greatest respect, all different shapes and sizes getting out there and getting involved in triathlon, which for those people that don't know, triathlon is a swim, a bike, and then a run. So it's a (laughs) multidiscipline sport. Now, people often say, okay, we're going to go out for a run or run 5K or go for a swim. So you're looking at three different disciplines completed back-to-back. There's no break. I mean, there's a break in the transition, but... And you hear it. We heard it when we were down there. My transition time. They're all on about their transition yeah. time, getting it as low as possible. So you're out of the water. Sprint as fast as you can to get your bike. Either wash your feet off. And this is the thing that I love about triathlon. There's all different types of techniques, isn't it? In the, <laughs> yeah. in the transition area, you've got some guys who have got a proper foot bath going on. You've got some people who towel themselves down. Some people are putting full socks on. Yeah. Some people literally just grab their bike and go water everywhere, sand everywhere, yeah. and it's just absolute carnage. You see, I'm the foot bath, baby powder, oh, socks. Baby powder. I put some baby powder on, socks, Well, this is and, the thing. and a whole big handful of Vaseline to, uh, to, for chafing if for I'm not wearing, yeah, you know, depending on what I'm wearing for shorts. Yeah. It, that, I've, I've, I've had the, 
the misfortune of getting some chafing in the run. Really? And it kills you. Yeah, it's not nice. No. It's not nice. We, I didn't see too much of that. This was a sprint distance and okay. super sprint. So the sprint distance is 750 swim. 20k bike 5k run and then you've got the super sprint which is half of all that so we didn't see the the huge long distances but just absolutely brilliant so many people turning out seven o'clock on a saturday morning all for an absolute great cause and some great results some some people obviously competing and, and this is what we speak about how relative your goals are and challenging yourself and we speak about this a lot people comparing themselves to others a lot of the time we don't see that in triathlon. People are out there, they want to do it. Yeah. To finish even that super sprint, which could be less than an hour, it's nice and short and sharp, a little bit longer for, for others that are a little bit slower. But the challenge is for a lot of people, and because and it was such a great cause as well, and everyone's remembering Roy, which is a great reason to get out there and do it as well. And, and Roy did inspire a lot of people to get into triathlon. He was, anyone will tell you within the triathlon community, you saw Roy, he was a great triathlete. He'd have you down there and give you the belief that you could do it. Yeah. And that's a lot of people racing on the weekend were from, had been touched by Roy in some way. So to see them come through and, and compete, compete in the race and complete the race in a time that they're happy with is absolutely awesome. And you know, this is the other thing. When you look at the UAE, there are so many opportunities to get out there yeah. and get fit, get active. And it's, it's all about your own time. It's all about your own time. And we're often caught in this, competition with others are such and such is doing this or such and such is doing that i just really encourage people to take stock of where they are if at the moment it takes you two hours to run 10k who cares if the guy next to you can do it in an hour or 35 minutes your time is now you know we might compare you to that person the 35 minute guy in two years or in six months but at the moment for you to drop your time is about you dropping your time and of course competition going in races off Often people say, I want to come first, I want to come yeah, in the top yeah. 10, and, and we understand that, <laughs> yeah. and we, we, we really do, but as well, we just encourage people, and this is what, what I saw a lot of on Saturday, people just getting out and challenging themselves, getting involved in a sport, like I said at the start, this is multidiscipline, you've got to be, you've yeah. got to work on three different things. Yeah, and they're all different movements, and, they're and all different, different muscles being used. Yeah. And, and so many people, you'll have someone and say, oh, I'm a swimmer, or I'm a runner, well, yeah. If your swim sucks, but your run's really strong, well, you're chasing the field all the way yeah. through. <laughs> totally different to, to sort of a game of tennis. And, okay, you, you work on your short game and your volleys and, and your baseline and your serve. And they're different disciplines within a sport. But here we've got totally different sports. And I was speaking to a few of the guys down there. And a lot of these guys train 20 hours a week, 15 yeah. hours a week. Some it's a guys, huge commitment because you've got to change commitment. three different sports. And yeah. if you're training, you've, you might get yourself into the gym to do some yeah. muscle work. It's, Absolutely. it's a lot of time. It's a, it's a lot of time. And we're starting to work now with a lot of triathletes. Additionally, like you said, bringing them into the gym, working on their strength as well, and, and also working a lot on their nutrition. What we found since we almost fell into working with triathletes, we had a lot of triathletes coming to us and asking us if we can help them to go faster, which yeah. we've we've successfully done and what the way that we've done that is by making them stronger fueling their bodies a lot better so take away the disciplines those three disciplines of of swim bike run and now add in as well nutrition focus on that 
focus on your sleep as well and focus on your strength, we've added in three more things, three more balls that you've got to juggle up in the air. And it's it's just great to see so many people here doing it. And of course, Saturday was the start as well of a race that you told us. I mean, you wear the Hawaiian shirt, so yeah. for you to do <laughs> Ironman Hawaii, it, it's just going to be... It's a dream. It's, it's a dream. It's, it's a dream. I'm, I'm saying within five years, I yeah. would like to find myself in Hawaii, yeah. do a little shirt shopping, and do the Ironman. <laughs> and that, that is the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, we're, on, we're on almost a four-kilometer swim, 180K bike ride, and then run a marathon. Yeah. For, phenomenal. Some people, the pros, just over eight hours. Yeah. Amateurs, up to 16, 15. There, there is a cutoff on each individual stage, so right. that there's cutoffs on it. You, you won't be pushing the cutoffs. You'll obviously be up there around <laughs> yeah. the 10-hour mark. So. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. You but never I, know. I think I might. You know, even if I'm pushing the cutoff, it's the fact that I was there. You were there. And that, that's what a lot of people, like I said, people want to compete. People yeah. want to complete. What I would encourage people to do is look at those other assets. Yeah facets of it as well because people all too often bike swim run bike swim run and they just keep on going and going on that there's other facts of performance that i could see especially on saturday i could see weren't taken into consideration marcus hold that thought we're going to come back and have a little chat about organics because that's something that you're getting a lot of questions about and we've got a whole list of questions to work our way through so don't move this is interfight radio marcus smith this is get fit radio interfight.com is where you can find out all about him organics organic food this is huge you know we talk about protein shakes and stuff and the wellness brothers have some great organic content there yeah but there's a lot of confusion there's so much confusion and people have been asking me this question last week and i was in the organic supermarket last week and they do a great job of bringing in organic food right loads of different Organic foods available. And, and Niles is a little bit on the pedantic side. So when he talks organic food, yeah. it's not just how it's grown. It's how it's shipped how and it's how it's sitting there. Is yeah. it sitting and in plastic? Because that's an issue. Yeah, and how it's stored. Nevertheless, is organic, just because it's organic, does it mean it's healthy for you? And I see this all too yeah. often. This chocolate bar is organic. It's okay. This muffin's organic. It's okay. Let's understand what organic is. Organic is a method of developing, growing, treating, transporting the food. So during that time, there's no pesticides used. Right. Like you just mentioned. Fertilizers are all natural. Fertilizers are all natural. There's no chemicals. When we're storing it, we're storing it in the right way. However, that's a process used on food. So to all intents and purposes, is organic food better for you than other food? Well, of course it is. There's no pesticides. It's it's stored a lot better. It's transported a lot better. That's actually why we see the price of organic food higher. What we're starting to see now with economies of scale jumping in, organic farmers and organic producers are able to get the price down. We've seen yeah. it a lot in meats, actually. Yeah. Within Dubai, we see it's quite comparable now. And there's even a debate that goes on with organics in Australia and Canada and the U.S., and those organic farmers trying to figure out why the prices are so high because yeah. they're saying, hold it a second, there's markup going on in the middle because yeah. we're not marking it up coming out of us because it doesn't actually cost us a heck of a lot the more to produce this food. Yeah, exactly. The, the middleman's probably taking a little, yeah. bit of, uh, little bit of a cut again, which is fine. Everyone's got to make their money. But at the same time, that process is great. And if you can buy organic, if you can buy vegetables that are organic, you're not getting those pesticides. It's great yeah. for you. It's great for the body. However... There's still loads of sugar in organic food. Yeah. It can be sugar can be grown organically. Is that does that mean that that sugar is good for you? Absolutely not. 
There's still, I see wheat products. I see stuff with gluten. I see cornstarch. I see all of these different things, not only locally, but also globally, that have organic plastered all over it. And I see people (laughs) that are double their body weight who are telling me that they've been eating organic for five years. So we really, really have to be careful on organic food. Yes, it's good. It's better processed. But if you eat too much of it, and this is what it comes back to, if you eat too much of it, if you're having too much sugar, if you're getting too much wheat into your body, you're still absolutely destroying your body. The process, the pesticides are killing you slower because there's no pesticides involved, but still the food is not great for you. And It's all very good and it's all very righteous and it's great that you're supporting these guys and spending sometimes a lot more on your grocery bill. But if you're still loading your shopping trolley full of pizza, full of chocolate bars, full of trash, you're still going to get the same result. You're still going to be going down the road of obesity. Where where organic food works really well is if you take non-processed foods. So you're taking the vegetables, you're taking the sugar cane. Absolutely. You've got those organic bits, and now you're doing the processing and creating that. Creating the stuff. And we're actually seeing a lot of that now in Dubai. There's a lot of vegetables that are are being grown organically locally, which is great. A lot fresher, the pesticides. And like you rightly said, you can then use that in the right way to develop your own dishes. And they last pretty long. The shelf life is pretty pretty good. The shelf life is is really good. And when we're getting organic stuff with a long shelf life as well, we know it's kind of somehow fresh because it's not – remember, it's not being treated. So if it's there and it's still fresh, then we've got good products there. Mm -hmm. Some products – and this is why I'm saying it's good because some products on the flip side might have a pesticide or something added to it to make it stay fresher for longer. And this is where we've got to be a little bit careful. You know, fruits and vegetables... Fungicides is... Fungicides fungicides, are a big one. A huge one. Fruits and vegetables, you've got to think about it. Everyone's grown, especially you, tomatoes or something in their backyard. When you take them out of the ground, how long are they good for? You know, is it a week, 10 days? After that, are the, are the tomatoes starting to go soft? Is the flavor yeah, getting yeah. maybe a bit sour? That's kind of it. Now, if we think about the times that we have from farms to distribution centers to the shop floor to someone buying it, that time frame actually could be up to two weeks. So we, we're using, or we could potentially be using, and, and this is something we'll generally never know, they could be using pesticides and preservatives preservative ingredients or sprays onto fruits and vegetables to make them stay fresh for longer. Yeah. So that's why the taste is a little bit distorted. And, and you often get it. People can generally, you can generally tell if you take some organic blueberries or organic yeah. strawberries and then stuff that, that hasn't been sprayed. Okay, you wash it, but still the taste is a lot different. Mm. So organic, great. Where you can shop organic, I'd really encourage people to shop organic. Don't buy the processed stuff. But Make don't it yourself. buy the processed stuff. And there's still, it's commercial. Yeah. Processed stuff, easy, it's straight easy off to, the it's shelf. It's easy to buy the steak and kidney pie. Isn't it? Straight into the <laughs> oven. But there's, you can make it yourself. And it takes could, a little bit longer. Yep. And a little bit more effort. But you know that you're the not ingredients put, in there, yeah, you know exactly the ingredients what they are. are, are clear. And, and those things, wheat and sugar, are not in there killing you. Yeah. So, well, we, And you saw the, 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 the tweet I sent you of a, yeah. an article out of the Global Mail. Absolutely. And this one, this one was this guy talking how he lost 60 pounds. Yeah. And he, he, he makes no bones about it. He says, look, I didn't do any exercise. Yeah. I changed nothing in my exercise yeah. regime. He says, I just stopped eating wheat. Just stopped eating uh, wheat. And all the food groups that yeah. I eat. He says, yeah. I just cut it right out. There's a, Two there's weeks, an, he felt amazingly, amazingly better. Amazingly better. Yeah. And 
some people say that they go off wheat for, for a time and they don't feel the difference. I'd encourage you, if you do that, have your wheat again in two weeks and then tell me you don't feel the impact yeah. of eating the wheat. At the start, you will, you will feel a bit different because it's, you'll get withdrawals yeah. for what the wheat does. But definitely when you have it, if you had some bread again, you would really feel different. And there's a, there's a great book around that anyone can pick up. It's called Wheat Belly. Which really goes into some of it's pretty geeky. Some of it you have to read two or three times. Yeah. Some of it you might have to read over and then do some research. But if you're interested in wheat and the effects of wheat, and also the effects of wheat on diseases that are growing, such as heart disease. Well, and psoriasis. I want to butt yeah. in because I was talking with the good old Jason Vale yeah. in the last couple of days. A fr- friend of the family said, "Hey, I'm, I'm having some issues with psoriasis." First person I think of is Jason Vale, the juice master, yeah. who beat psoriasis almost 99% through go. juicing and diet change. Through diet change, yeah. And, and he said, "Look, you, if you go through the list, he said, get rid of wheat from your diet. Yeah, that'll and, and you'll add a few other things in, and yeah. of course, juice. And these are the things yeah. you want to juice. But you get rid of these processes." things you'll notice the psoriasis the eczemas yeah all those things everything start goes. to drop away everything every there's so many and that, that's what wheat bellies a real good read for because there's so many different examples of so many different uh, diseases situations conditions call them what you want obesity rash eczema like you've said yeah Bowel problems, liver problems. Oh, how many people have stomach issues right now? If you're in your early 40s, yeah. how many people are are buying something yeah. that helps them with their digestion? I yeah. mean, you go to the pharmacy and just stand there. Nexium's going off and, and all it's the other crazy, brands. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, and isn't, it's it, isn't it crazy? We're going to spend more money to buy a medicine that allows us to go next door to the bakery and enjoy a, a bread, yeah. even a bread roll, never mind the yeah. cake. Yeah. Like, it's insanity. So we're, we're numbing it, but we're only numbing it to a certain level. And a lot of these things are growing within our body. The inflammation's growing, which is, you know, lesions anywhere. And yeah. then they come on the spinal system. We've got multiple sclerosis. I mean, it is phenomenal. Cut the wheat, and, and this is what they say, cut the wheat, cut the fat. Now, I run into the big problem is my family all lives in Canada out in Saskatchewan, which is you know, where wheat is harvested. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's a really a shot in the foot to my the farmers in my family to say, hey, to know, say, cut hey. back on this. But, uh, but many of them are also diverse, diversifying and they're growing yeah. other cash crops. So. Exactly. But you, you look at it and when you don't eat wheat, I mean, I haven't had bread for over a year. You just notice it everywhere. Yeah. You notice in I've been in Europe a few times. Uh, uh, a few times recently Italy like Italy I was in Germany last weekend unbelievable amounts of bread kicking around and And it smells great too there is nothing like it I remember when I was a student I used to live above a bakery and every morning 3.30 4 o'clock I'd wake up and I'd just smell this bread and it was absolutely divine the the smell of it I don't I've not met many people that don't like the smell of bread it's it's fantastic but when you when you really study into it when you really look into it and see all the negative effects we're in we're in big trouble with wheat and the the problem that I see is that there aren't a lot of alternatives out there the alternatives that you could do is, yeah, you can take all the sandwich filling out and just drop the bread. But in a lot of places, and this is where I, I do understand with people that, that say they struggle, you have to be really strong and you have to be really prepared yeah. to to eat. Yeah. Because you, you're in Europe, there's sandwich store, sandwich store, sandwich store. Can I have a salad? They sort of look at you a bit strange. <laughs> we were in Italy recently. They love their bread. You know, yeah. uh, not no, don't want that. Do you want breakfast? without the oh, and it's all a bit strange you know so you really you do have to be strong but at the end of the day when you really understand what wheat does to you then you really 
then you're really going to make a decision to not have so much. There we go. Marcus Smith, innerfight.com. We're talking about your fitness and, and how you can really sort it out. we got a whole list of questions we're going to come to right now. Marcus Smith joining me as he always does every week at this time. And we talk about fitness and your fitness questions. Got a whole raft of them that have come in, Marcus. One yeah. of them talking about cramps. Yep. And it says, I, I typically get a cramp halfway through a workout. Yep. Uh, they're doing body fit. Is there right. any advice on what I should be doing that I'm not doing? Yeah. Generally, we see this is down to hydration. Muscle cramps come not hydrated enough. There you go. It could be an issue with your salt level. Just to understand what a, what a cramp is or what you feel. You just feel like your whole, if it's happening in your calf, let's say, you just feel like your whole calf is just going completely tight. Almost like someone's not stabbed you, but a reaction that you could expect to have from, from a stabbing where everything just locks up. Yeah. And is it's actually in a bad cramp. And I used to get them sometimes when we're playing rugby, especially if it's a long, hard game, hot weather, dehydrated. It's really painful, and it kind of stops you from doing what you're doing. So the best advice on how to avoid them is is really rooted in hydration. Not seen too many people that stay really, really hydrated suffer often from cramps. Mm. A second thing on cramp, if people feel that it's cramp a lot, Sometimes it's not actually cramp a lot. Sometimes what ah. you're getting is you, you've got a weakness in the muscle that the muscle is locking up, especially we, we see cramp mainly in the lower limbs. Right. We see it a lot in, in calves and stuff. And what either as a result of a lot of cramp or when it's misdiagnosed as cramp, we see people actually tearing a muscle because they're just the muscle is just locking up and a lot of time it can be an early an early warning system to say you know your calf saying to you listen buddy I'm in trouble down here yeah. stop jumping up and down on that box and <laughs> and hurting me well or, and that's the other the other problem that ultimately arises from a cramp is you start getting it instead yeah. of stopping to stretch it out and see what's going on exactly you keep, I'm going to work through it I'm exactly. going to work through it exactly and, and it's, then it's and weeks before happens, you can get back ping, up and you especially in your calf some of the biggest problems we see with people all start from their calves as well. So you really need to take care of them. Precautionary, good levels of hydration. And if it's not along the line of the cramp, if, if you are getting tight and, it, you, you know, you, people could say, listen, I've got, I'm well hydrated. This isn't the problem. My salt levels are fine. Everything's yeah. going well. I'm still getting it. Well, is it really cramp or, or isn't it? And are you warming up properly? We've got some flexibility in there. What's happening? So really nasty things a lot of the time a lot of it happens um within the within the calf as well so that that's where that's where i've seen it most look another one that's come through says i'm looking to get ripped in six weeks time (laughs) what what do i need to do and i mean i guess everything is possible but it is it is but but the the old (laughs) how much time are you willing to put in not knowing where you're coming from listen six weeks is a great turnaround time we generally we speak about changing people's lives around developing habits with people. A lot of us work mentally well on shorter time frames. If I say to you, James, this is the rest of your life, you're going to cut out wheat, you're going to do this, that, and the other, you're looking at me going, dude, the rest of my life? Yeah. So sometimes we tune it down and say, listen, four weeks, six weeks, are you going to be absolutely shredded? Sure, you can be. What I have a problem with, and I have a big problem with it, is that the shorter health kicks and these shorter uh, okay. time periods we normally see a big rebound okay now if your goal is to look awesome in six weeks you've got a photo shoot you're going on a beach holiday and after that you really don't care what you look like then sure go and get ripped for 
in six weeks for your holiday. <laughs> but I'm looking at things a little bit different here. We want people to live healthy lives 365 days of the year. We want people year after year, year round, every day feeling real good. I want you to be ripped all the time. Yeah. Like, why not? Why not have a low body fat percentage all the time? Why not have six pack abs all the time? Well, you know, and this, and what part of this, this has got nothing to do with this question, but it just reminds me of an Instagram <laughs> photo I put up on the weekend yeah. of um, uh, Russell Hall right. on, on my Instagram page, and he's holding a couple of boards. Yeah. And he's ripped. Yeah, and his question to me was, "Hey, do I look good and ripped in that photo?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and I and I and one one side I'm going, that's a little bit vain, and the other side I'm going, "Good on you, because yeah, good on he you. does look ripped." Yeah, he looks good, and he works at that. I mean, he's exercising, exactly. he's drinking, he's eating the right stuff, and that is something he he looks ripped because he wants to look ripped. Because he wants to look ripped, and and it's fine. Like I say, everyone's got different motivations. Whether we agree with them, whether we don't, that that's fine. People's brains work differently, but. You should be ripped all the time. You're yeah. you're designed to be ripped. The only reason you're not shredded is because you're eating junk. Yeah. That that's what happens. Yeah. Or your stress levels. Are, yeah, exactly. Your <laughs> stress levels are too high. You don't see people that are are, are shredded are not eating that stuff. Yeah. So so go figure. But at the same time, what do I need to do? Six weeks. Let's give you a few points. Sort your diet out. Cut out your sugars. Have a look at your wheat levels. Have a look at your stress levels as well. Sleep is a massive thing. Yeah. Seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Yep, that's a long time. That's what you're struggling with. That I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm coming in it's at tough. six hours and a half. Tough, and, huh? And on the weekends, and I, I hate to say it, on the weekends when I do get seven and a half hours in, I feel 100 percent. You better. feel really good. You I feel, mean, I'm feeling uh, amazing. And this is where sometimes it's not possible. We understand that. So why not set yourself a weekly target hmm. and, and and look at the the whole week. And if you have to make up some on the weekend, then you you have to make that sleep up. And that's fine. That's kind of a priority. The problem that we're seeing is that when we're struggling a little bit during the week and then we're going out and partying all weekend, we're never, ever making it up. First few days of the week, you should have ultimate energy. Okay, some weekends are going to go different to others, but you should really be trying to make it up. Then if you've got those things, six weeks, food, sleep, stress levels in order, obviously you can start some movement. Six weeks is a short time. We say for people losing weight, and as we said, we don't know what base yeah, this guy's no, working no from. Idea. A healthy level, one to two kilos a week. Real, that still seems like a lot. It's a lot. If, you, if you're doing two kilos a week, it's a lot. It's a lot. Because I was so, thinking, you know, a good quarter kilo to half a kilo yeah. a week would probably be yeah. something that's re- but that it's going to take you a lot longer to lose it's going to take back. you a lot longer you might keep it off better though you could keep it off better we see that as people go gradually and as people understand that these small chunks and chip away at it i think i've used it on the show before a kilo bag of bananas a yeah. week or every 10 days that'll get you there so that would be an idea maybe you could lose six kilos you, you can go crazy. You can go into calorie deficit. You can eat celery and drink water for the next six weeks. There's a pretty good chance you'll really slim down, whether you'll be absolutely shredded because you'll probably lose. And this is where people get a little bit frustrated because they go on these diets and then, oh, I'm losing muscle. Well, of yeah. course you're losing muscle because you're not <laughs> feeding your body what it needs. Yeah. And we can put people into a calorie deficit zone for a certain amount of time, but then your body starts to eat through the good stuff. And we don't, we don't want to get rid of that. But... A kilo a week we find safe, a little bit less, that's okay, so long as we're, we're continuing to do it. But some people as well, some people say, oh, I'm 20 kilos overweight, this is going to take 20 weeks, that's a real long time. That's Dude, the reality. It's taken you four to five years, even longer. Yeah. When did you, you know, when do you, and I had this conversation with someone the other day, and this guy was in front of us, absolutely huge. When do you actually realize that 
things you you don't have the same view that you had before. Yeah. You know, because the stomach's popped out and and some things it's you over can't the see belt. anymore. It's over it's, the belt it's, now. It's over the belt and some you know things are changing now. It could be when were you last twenty kilos lighter? And I always ask that to people. I say I need to drop twenty kilos. Okay, when were you last twenty kilos lighter? Four years ago, five years ago, and dude, you want to get it off in six weeks? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we need a little bit of reality. Yeah. The great thing is that people want to start and they want to get on it. You can look at your health kit, your diet regime, whatever you want to call it, in week blocks if that really motivates you. You could go four weeks, have five days off. You might drop four kilos, put one or two on. If that's there's loads of different ways, and that's what we say to people when they come into Sears. I always say have that picture of who you want to look like on yeah. the wall. And you remember the Abercrombie guy? I yeah. had carry, and I still carry around in my wallet, but I took it a step further. Yeah, I put it up on the wall in the house on the yeah. picture wall. M- both of my boys go, Dad, why have you put that picture there? Very I'm motivational. Going, because I'm gonna, I look at that every day. Yeah, and I walk by and do I look like him? No, he's 17. Yeah, do I look yeah. like him? Will I look like him someday? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm then working that, at it. That's I, that's the thing, and. Am I doing something today that carries me towards my goals? That's a question I ask people to ask themselves a lot. And if you're doing things that don't really carry you towards your goals, like eating trash, if you've got a weight loss goal and you're eating garbage, that's not carrying you towards your goal. If you've got a weight loss goal and you're eating well, high five, it's carrying you towards your goal. Continue to do it. Hmm. So we've got to be a little bit realistic, but I do understand and we offer people different ways. There's your old cold turkey, or we can break yeah. this down into four to six week segments. Too often, though, I want to get ripped in six weeks. Like, okay, next. <laughs> you know, it's and be it, realistic. It, I mean, you be, got yeah. And you know, the sad side is, is there are always trainers, there are always gyms, there are always people who will say, no problem, I will get you there. Yeah, I'll get you there. And you know, and if you do find someone that says it and delivers on it, amazing. You know, yeah. good for you, good for them, well done. All I really hope is that you stay ripped for the next six years. Yeah. You know, you've spent six weeks to get it. You've obviously worked really, really hard. I hope you stay on that level. And and good luck, you know. People that want to do it, get out there and tell everyone as well. Tell people you're going to get ripped in six weeks. Let them. At first, they'll hate you. They'll yeah. tell you you can't do it. Yeah. Secondly, when you get closer, they'll start to support you. And when you actually hit your goal, what happens? Everyone wants to know how you did it. Yeah. What are the secrets? How did you do that, James? <laughs> oh, no, you're the same guy at the start that told me I'd never do it. No, 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 no. It's okay. I support you now. You know, it's it's a funny way that, that people work. But hopefully that helps you if you want to get ripped in six weeks. There we go. More to come. We're going to talk about shoes. And we're going to talk about correct hand positions when you're doing lifts and sit-ups and chin-ups well, sit-ups yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk sit-ups we'll be behind your head in front there lots more go. to come alright this is Get Fit Radio Marcus Smith in the house let's, gonna, <laughs> let's go back to nutrition right away and then we're going to get into the CrossFit shoes yep. and hand positioning on that's bars a, that's an interesting one so it's good that we can finish up on that right. so what should I be eating for breakfast that's the question this is a massive question I think people have been listening in Heard us talk about processed food, probably heard us talk about bread, Uh and gone, what on earth do I have for breakfast? Yep. Because look at it. Look at the, let's go back to Europe. What do we have? Croissants, pastries, bread, French sticks with jam, with butter, with my, ah, it's just, it's a dream. Throw a bit of cheese in there, a little bit of yogurt. And then we've got the yogurt, and we've got. (laughs) Is, and it's just so a people cafe have, au lait oh shit, yeah. yeah you're done dairy <laughs> yeah so what we've got is we've got an issue we've got a massive issue because 
everything and I was listening to something the other day Kellogg's marketing budget oh. for last year 6 billion they like Tony the Tiger he's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and what, what do we know cornflakes special K cocoa pops and until until recently which you know nothing against Kellogg's they're doing their thing and yep. some of their cereals do have some pretty decent nutritional value yeah this is what this is what they were saying is that a lot of them are are certified yeah some of them are not but we're still we're raving over them for 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 breakfast. So what's what's the issue here? The issue here is we're seeing a lot of sugar getting pumped into people first thing in the morning. You're in a state of fasting. The first thing you should be doing when you wake up is just to get water into you straight away. Which people don't typically do. They wake they up and they have a coffee. They have a coffee straight away. So we or a cup of tea. Yeah, or a cup of tea. And even if it's 500 milliliters, as soon as you get up. Yeah. Oh, no, no, hold on a sec. 500 milliliters of water as soon as you get up, but it's ice cold. Yeah. Are you out of your mind? (laughs) Do you know what that does to your system? Yeah. This is the thing. People are not having any water. Straight away. So you've been hydrated, uh, dehydrated or fasted. So you've gone into a state of dehydration, maybe for seven to eight hours. I don't know how many people sort of wake up in the night thirsty and have a drink or, or don't. So some people might stop drinking water eight, nine o'clock at night. They wake up the next morning, six, seven o'clock, in an absolute state of dehydration. You need water. Stop putting coffee into yourself straight away. That's the first thing that we can do on this quest for breakfast. Second thing, stay away. And you might see this pattern coming through. Stay away from the sugars. Stay away from the wheat. Which is hard because those sugars, they give you a nice hit when you put down a, uh, this a is, and this bowl is what of cocoa pop. This is what we're having in Captain our tea Crunch. and coffee. Yeah, Captain Crunch. Fruit exactly. <laughs> They turn them into Fruit Loops. <laughs> so what we're having in our coffee, caffeine, massive hit, sugar, massive hit, feeling on top of the world, I don't need breakfast. What we should be saying is let's get something in us that in good old-fashioned terms sticks to your ribs. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if that's a global saying, but that means something that keeps you full for a little while. It doesn't mean something that's going to have you hungry at 9.30 yep. and heading off to the coffee shop for your chocolate chip blueberry muffin. Well, with no, your, people grab those. I saw them at the elevator this morning. Yeah, did, not here not here at Engine. Did, but did, did they have the caramel latte or oh, the yeah, hazelnut yeah, latte as yeah, well? I couldn't believe it. Exactly. What we're then looking for is that we have a good mixture of proteins. So... Eggs, that's why we see eggs in the morning. What I want to put out there right now is that traditionally we've had this sweet stuff for breakfast because when you wake up, you don't often feel like having a steak. Right. But there's nothing wrong with having a fillet steak or a big chicken breast for breakfast. There is nothing wrong with getting your protein from that. Look at your meal. If you've got 35 to 40% protein, if you've got 35 to 40% carbs and not the starchy carbs but nice green carbs and 20% 20% fat, you've got a good plate. It applies for the morning as well. There's no reason that your breakfast should just be all sugar. There's just no yeah, reason okay. for it. Eggs, It's just spinach, convention. Just it's, convention. Just, it's just what's happened. And it's just, you know, we've responded well to, to marketing by these companies. And it's out there. And that's what people are having. Eggs. Then we look for some carbohydrates. Why not eggs, some spinach? Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Tastes good. Fried off in some, in some coconut oil. Tastes really good. There you've got the fats in the coconut oil, or you can put in some avocado as well. Other vegetables, mm. cucumber, tomatoes, all these kind of things. That's a great breakfast. Now, I know, I know we're always saying try to avoid all of these wheats and things, but yep. 
take some of your lessons from going to places like Mexico. And I'm not talking about the buffet at, you know, in Veradero or anything yeah. like that. I'm talking about go out onto the street where folks are living and do this in any country that has a lot of traditional food. And yeah. look at what they're eating for breakfast, what they're eating for lunch, yeah. and what they're eating for dinner. They're yeah. eating the same thing. Very same. Very, <laughs> very, same. very Slight similar. Slight variations. Right? Yeah. But it's all the same food. It's all the same. Whereas I think a lot in, in the Western culture, we have something super sweet for breakfast, cereals, croissants, all of this stuff. We then have a sandwich for lunch traditionally. Yeah. And we'll then have a, a hot meal or a big cooked meal with loads of potatoes, yep. loads of trash, loads of sauce, gravy, tomato sauce for dinner. It's, it's very, you're right. You look at these countries that generally might have lower heart disease problems. Even the Asian lower, countries. Even like the Asian they're, countries. They're eating the rices and things. Yeah. Which, you know, in moderation is okay. Exactly, yeah. And there, listen, there's a big argument in, in Japan. The amount of disease that they don't have or the, the low levels of these diseases such as cancers, heart disease and stuff and their diet. Yeah. But like you rightly said, look at them and there's a very, very small variance of what they're having breakfast, lunch and dinner. So that, that could be, that could be something that you could do. Some people, and, and this is where we sort of developed our breakfast shake, um, which is available over on the site. Which is a innerfight.com. Innerfight.com. Go, go check it out. It's called Breakfast Time. You'll see exactly what we put in there. Loads of powders. Loads of powders that you can have all the time. A protein powder, a greens powder, a carbohydrate powder. This stuff's dehydrated. You can have it in your cupboards all the time. And that really does pack a punch as well. There's about 10 to 12 different ingredients in there. And the reason why we developed it as well is because we're getting lots of people coming to the gym and then going straight to work from the gym and they just simply didn't have time to be able to get the eggs done and yeah. they sort of didn't really feel like it. Liquid was a lot easier to, to digest. So that's what we put together. So there, there are a lot of options out there and I know it's difficult for people. People generally, like you said, wake up, tea or coffee, bowl of cereal, maybe a croissant and they're off to work. And we condition ourselves to expect that it's it's almost like Pavlov's dog. We yep. condition ourselves, wake up, coffee with sugar, cereal, feel good, high, go to work. And it takes a little bit of time to get off that. And that's what you'll feel. You won't feel the same satisfaction, but you're actually doing your body a lot, a lot of good. There we go. Let's let's jump over to CrossFit ch- training and shoes because the next question is asking: Do you have any shoe recommendations, footwear recommendations for CrossFit workouts? Yeah, this is this is interesting. CrossFit's huge. We've been through it before. Six thousand gyms, great sport, great development in the fitness industry. If you haven't tried it, get involved. Community, all of these buzzwords, yeah. really cool stuff. What we're now seeing is the commercial guys coming in. Uh, How can we really leverage this? So we've now got 10 types of different pull-up You know what? That might grip. be what this whole question is based around, that they've gone to the, yeah. the shoe store and they said, we've got CrossFit shoes, exactly. you need these. Yeah. So you're now, you've now got stuff specific. The only other sport, I mean, I see it in a lot of sports, but golf's really good for this. Yeah. You know, and if you tell me that putting this $200 little weight on the bottom of my six iron is going to give me that extra yardage, of course I'm going to pay and do it. So, but what are we, what are we seeing marketed here? Because it, it, it is important and the shoes that have been marketed as CrossFit shoes actually bring some benefits. Some of them bring some negative points. What we're seeing in a, in a cross training CrossFit shoe, the general CrossFit shoe is something that's really flat, which oh, is great. Okay. What this is doing is putting us in more of a normal position. We never used to wear shoes. Our ancestors never used to wear shoes. And we saw a lot less issues with people's feet. 
So we're getting a lot more flat-footed. We're getting a lot more contact with the ground. I see these as, as great. I'm not a big fan of all of the CrossFit shoes brands out there. I don't have to be. I like some of them. I don't like some of them. Some of them feel really good on my feet. Some of them don't. That's, you know what? That's the key. Yeah. Pick the ones that feel this good on where, your feet. This is where I'm coming to is that they have – most of them are a flat-footed shoe. Should you choose one brand over another? Based on comfort. There's, there, there are differences and, and the shoe geeks will start to argue and send me abusive mails and that's fine as well. <laughs> they'll be coming. Don't they'll worry. Be, they'll be coming. It always happens or I get abused the on Because the cereal guys will be doing yeah. that and now the shoe guys. Well, don't worry. I know the guys at Kellogg's. <laughs> so the, the main thing is that we've got a nice flat foot. We're in nice contact with the ground. Second to that, some of them are a bit wider, some of them are a bit narrower, whatever fits you best. The other thing that people that we're seeing a lot of within CrossFit and marketed at CrossFit is Olympic lifting shoes. These have been traditionally used by the Olympic lifters. What we see is a slight raised heel at the back. Uh, okay. What this generally does is boost performance. It gives us a little bit a lot? of... Does it do it enough? For some it? people, it puts them in a lot better position. Okay. But my argument in this is that let's get into the right position without the stabilizers. Okay. Like, if I'm riding a bicycle and I ride with stabilizers, my chances of falling off are pretty limited because I'm being stabilized. What happened? My dad took one off and then he took the second one off. I can ride. And I started falling off a lot more. Yeah. But that was okay because I was learning. Same thing. Like, w- let's move properly. There's nothing wrong with Olympic lifting shoes. In a competition, they're going to give you the edge. They're going to put you into a perfect position. But I want to see people in the perfect position to start with. Should you... and it's like the example we used before. I'm going into the pharmacy to take a medicine so I can go next door to the bakery and eat. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I'm buying Olympic lifting shoes because I've got a, a deformity or a malfunction within a movement. So I'm going to buy that because it's a little solution. Why wouldn't you fix your deformity first? I see a lot of people squatting barefoot and doing movements okay. barefoot. And I love it. It's okay. great. As long as you don't drop the weights on your, on, on your toes. Okay, real quickly. Last question. If I'm doing some lifts yeah. and I've got a bar, how far apart should my hands be? Yeah, this is interesting. Shoulder width? Different, a little bit more yeah, than shoulder width? Different lifts, uh, different hand positions. A lot of people are suffering from bad hand position and their lifts are suffering. Play around with it a little bit. There is for, okay, for the snatch grip, you're a lot wider. For a clean grip, your shoulder width or, or just apart. For putting something overhead, you might be a little bit wider. Again, get your coach to have a look at what is working best for you. There are guidelines, but if you can snatch a, a record-breaking weight, and, and this is what we say on performance as well, you look to some of the biggest lifters or the strongest people, sometimes their form isn't great. Mm. They've got all the records. Yeah. We say that on the golf course as well. Okay, the guys that are hitting the, the, the ball better are getting the lower scores, but they just see at the end of the day that you've shot a 68. There's no marks, you know, so it's kind of like that. Your, your hand position is super, super important and it's going to help, but get to a position where you're going to be super comfortable as well. Marcus, we're out of time. Big, big thank Lots you to you for making this possible. And we appreciate folk, it. And to the folks at Engine for letting yeah, us come in here. Yeah, thanks for coming in. And anyone that wants to come and see where we are, just drop us a mail and come down winning it in a fight.com and we'd love to entertain people down Likewise, here. if you've got questions, Marcus has lots of answers. You can get them to him at winning at innerfight.com. We'll get them on the show. You can also send them to me, nightline at dubaii1038.ae. That simple. We'll talk to you next week. Look forward to it.